This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Grant and Danny without Danny today on the fan. Danny gave it the college try. He gave it everything he had. We had an important meeting today. He was here for it. Uh, He just wasn't speaking out loud. He was waiting until 2 o'clock. He was going to come running down the ramp with Stone Cold Music playing, except that he just couldn't talk. Words wouldn't come out of his mouth when he opened his mouth. Laryngitis getting the better of him. So he is out again today. I welcome you back, and I thank you much for making the show part of your day here on your flagship home for the Nats and the Caps. We welcome in our Richmond audience, by the way. They are with us for three hours every day, 9, 10 a.m., 105.1 FM in the capital of the Commonwealth. They'll be with us until 6 this evening, and we are taking you up to 6.30 on the flagship here in D.C. and all over town on 106.7. Richmond is the home of Nutsy, the flying squirrel, the number four mascot in my daughter's power rankings right now. That's right. I got her power rankings last night. She's got Screech number one on the list. She can't wait to see Screech again. We were walking past Nats Park this weekend, coming back from the D.C. Defenders game. Which, by the way, Defenders, can we get a mask guy? What are we doing? We're going to wait until week 17 like the Commanders and have him run out of the tunnel with a pillow in his stomach? Let's get a mask guy, huh? But we're coming back from the Defenders game, and we're walking by Nats Park, and she looked over and she goes, Screech. And I said, that's right. That's Screech's home. Number one on her list. Number two, Slapshot. She spent a lot of time at Capital and Arena with Slapshot over the years. In fact, she was so excited the first time she met Slapshot that she got physically ill. It's a true story. Right on Slapshot's foot. It happened. Poor guy. Maybe right next to his foot. I'm not sure. But, yeah, that, that's unfortunately something that happened. So look out, Mask Guys. She gets very, very happy. She starts coughing and clapping, and you don't know what's going to happen next. The number three Mask Guy on the list, Gus from the Fred Nats. If you don't know Gus, you got to Google this guy. This is what we call nightmare fuel. He's got like a red mohawk. His eyes are the size of baseballs. There's no way as a grown adult you can look at Gus and not be scared. But somehow if you're three or four, you find him adorable. And his backstory is incredible, this guy. His literal backstory is that he's George Washington's imaginary friend. How do we know that, that his imaginary friend was Gus? I want more details on that. But my daughter loves Gus. She's got a dance she does with Gus. I told her the other day, I said, we're going to go see Gus soon. Because Daddy wants to sit there and eat a hot dog and watch Elijah Green. He wants to watch Yarlin Susana touch 102, and we'll chase Gus around the ballpark. You and Mama. It'll be a fun time for everyone. How many others are on this power rankings? Uh, So that's where Nutsy comes in, number four. And then Natasha... I don't know if it's his sister or his girlfriend or what, but she is the other flying squirrel. She's number five on the list. They both cracked the top five. Major Tutty also receiving votes right now. 
Now, I personally think she sleeps on Major Tutty. I'm a big Major Tutty guy. Us beefy, portly folks got to stick together. You guys hate Major Tutty because he's heavy? Not me. I know what it's like to be hated because you're heavy. Some guy today said, what did he say to me on Twitter? I blocked him, so I've got to remember before that. Something about stop talking, fat boy. I think that's what it was. Like we were in eighth grade again. He gone. Major Tutty, my guy. But he's just outside the top five on the power rankings right now. Okay, so why is she so sleep on G on uh, on G Wiz? She doesn't do that game. Wow, it's not that she doing? doesn't like the Wizards. It's that he basically is just a guy walking around. He's not like a a, a creature. No, the the. Well, you're the talking big, about the big wizard yeah, guy. Uh, you know, I don't even think I've introduced her to him yet. Oh man, she sleep. Because I for some reason I thought, what's the guy's name that jumps off? You're trampoline? talking about G Man. G Man. I thought yeah. that was the guy they have. I didn't no, know. No, he he doesn't even. I don't even think he appears anymore. I think it's just G Wiz now. Are you sure G Wiz still exists? I'm pretty positive. You're right. The Paulson family's not giving him enough respect. I'll I'll run him by her tonight, and I'll get you a report. And then if she if she likes our guy Slapshot, Loved I think him. she would love Talon of the DC United. You have her super sleep on Talon. I wouldn't recognize Talon in a lineup of potential mascot perps. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you brought in eleven guys wearing DC United gear and you said, "All right, who did it? Which one's Talon?" I'd be like, oh, boy, someone's going to do time they're not supposed to do. It might be the bald eagle with the D.C. United jersey on. But That's they, probably who it is. In this lineup, <laughs> presumably, to trick me, they're all bald eagles, right? We got work to do. But anyway, shout out Richmond. All right, so we're talking ownership. We've stumbled into this today. I did not plan on beginning the show this way, but you know, every now and then something happens on this sale front, and this felt big to me today. You knew something was going to come down without Danny in. This is how this works on Grant and Danny. Mitchell Rails announced as Harris's bidding partner. The idea from people I've been talking to is that he could potentially be helpful from an RFK site standpoint. The bigger story, I think, is just that we had guests telling us last week that Harris might not have enough money just yet and he needed a partner. And now it sounds like he's found his man. Bezos or the field? Where are your allegiances? Our guy Richmond John is on the line. What's up, John? How are you, buddy? I mean, we're happening in Richmond today, buddy. Yeah, that's, we are. You know what? We're playing in Richmond, as you guys say in the music industry. Exactly. Um, I, I'd like to apologize on behalf of Danny for speaking of the Wizards for uh, you know taking the day off to go play Hogwarts Legacy um, and ditching ditching your boy for two days in a row. You know, but, uh, I you're holding your this. own. He literally, I called him today. He didn't answer. He ignored it right away. And he says, "I of can't talk." He goes, "I can't talk. You got to text me." But my my thought right. on that was, wait a second. This is noon. In two hours, you're going to talk for four and a half hours, but you can't answer your phone? Like These two things don't compute. And shockingly, right. he wasn't able to, to land the plane at 2 o'clock. Yeah, you knew you were in trouble then. Hey, so I was thinking, like, do we really care about who owns the team next? I mean, we've dealt with Snyder. You were talking about this the other day. I mean, we dealt with – I mean, it's I mean, the list is so long, I can't even think of one thing right now. There's so many different things. But, like – one of the things that it opens up is the avenue for a new stadium back in the original site of, of RFK, which for us, you know, is nostalgic for our parents, uh, people our parents' age, for potential new fans for the city. I mean, I think there are a lot of benefits just for having that potential, uh, you know, uh, amenity being opened back up, um, you know, with a new owner because it was shut with Dan. So I think that question's actually a really good one. Thank you, John, for hitting us up. 
which is, he asked, do we care who the next owner is really? And my answer to that is no, in the sense that if you're asking me, you move on from Dan Snyder and someone else owns this team, does it matter to you who it is as an alternate option? Obviously not. I've said this a few times, whether it's Bezos or Harris, everyone wants to tell me, well, Tillman Fertitta did this, or here's why I don't like Josh Harris. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers, or I'm sure, look, you dig into anybody's past and their business practices, and you could tell me what what Rails did wrong or what have you. But the bottom line is, I would always follow up to whatever your critique and your negative analysis on these options are by saying, are they Dan Snyder? So, no, I don't really care who it is. The, the reason I pose this question, I think it's instructive and interesting, is within the last couple days, I've had people on the air, callers, say something along the lines of, hey, you keep saying it doesn't matter who this is, but as long as it's not Dan, isn't good enough when we get one chance at this. And so I, I think it's two different conversations, to be honest with you, John. I think that the first one is Dan versus the field. And that is easily a every single person goes into their uh, voting place and they sit down and they grab the ballot for the field and they they slam down the gavel and they go, whoever else. But we can also sit here. We got time, I think, to say, I'm, I'm just kind of taking a temperature. Okay, let's say we got one shot at this. What is the best way forward? Is it just Bezos because he's got more money and he'll outspend, ideally, all the other owners on everything? We assume, I guess he could potentially pinch pennies and run this thing like a coffee shop and count cups and, and change the paper out to, to be the uh, the paper that's a little less expensive. I don't think he would do it that way. Or it, are there preferences? Like, Is it someone, hopefully to you, that has run a team? Is it someone who's local versus not from around here? I understand why people would have an ideal candidate, so to speak. But I don't think that is them picking nits to the sense that they would say this isn't better than Dan. Speaking for myself, and I think a lot of people will relate to this, whoever the other option is is an upgrade. But in the meantime, we've got some names floating around. Let's dig in and try to see who might make the most sense because this is probably, if Dan Snyder sells, I guess we should keep using that as a hypothetical, the only other owner we're going to have during our lifetimes for a lot of us. And probably for decades, this person's going to be running this team. And I said earlier, what I would care about most from a priorities standpoint, from a you know platform, if you will, I want someone running on trying to put this team's stadium in D.C. That would be my dream scenario. I think there's something to be said for a lot of people. Danny's on this team. They want someone who would revisit the name or the, the, the logo or whatever. Again, not as big a deal for me, but I think those people are out there. I was talking with Darius and Ryan about this during the break. I think we all kind of agreed. Best case scenario, and I don't know how likely this is with a billionaire who's getting to run a team for the first time. Put yourself in their shoes. I think what I would really love is someone who wants to count money but not play GM. Like, if I knew, hypothetically, Josh Harris is just going to try to make cash and run the team to win, but doesn't need to be involved in picking players and trades the way Dan Snyder has always enjoyed doing or the way Jerry Jones is desperate to do. That moves him up my board. 
Because the dream scenario is having someone who gives you the money as needed, who's desperate to win because it's good for business, but who allows the experts to run the operation and the outfit. You know, I, I say this all the time. If I took over a restaurant, I've always wanted to own a sports bar. I probably never will have the money to. But you know what I wouldn't do as someone who's never worked in the restaurant industry is call all the shots. Like, I eat at restaurants a lot. That doesn't make me an expert. I've got preferences. I've got ways that I like restaurants to be run, things that I I think are done well. What I would do if I bought a sports bar is I would call up my guy George, who's been running restaurants for the, the GAR group, Great American Restaurants, for years, and I'd say, hey, I need your help. And then I would say, hire the staff, do what you got to do, make this place awesome. Call me when you need me. That's how I want this owner to act. It's a big ask because there's egos here, man. And, and you get to run your fantasy football team? Like Dan Snyder was my age. He was 34. He owned the team at my age. Weird that he dropped 100 mil on players who had been awesome. You know how cool that would be? To own a team and to get to call the shots. You think Lamar Jackson's the man? He just gets to, he's your quarterback now. What else do you want to do? See, I, I don't want an owner that, that's playing the Dan game that way. So I think it's cool to have preferences for what you're looking for and to kind of have a pecking order, so to speak, outside of just Dan. Now, where I cannot abide what I won't have, what I won't hear is people saying, Dan isn't actually a bad owner, and he might be better than the next guy. Because I think we've got enough sample to say it's time to give someone else a shot. Now we just need Snyder. Hit that sell button. Let's go to Kevin in Arlington on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. What's up, Kevin? Hey, buddy. So, um, Danny's streak is intact. This is how I felt when I <laughs> It's pretty. Heard... This is pretty juicy, right? Oh, my God. So when I heard uh, the Schefter tweet, you know, I just did a little bit of research. Okay, but now I'd be thrilled with Bezos for all the reasons you've already stated. My gut tells me Bezos is going to end up owning the Seahawks out in the Pacific Northwest, and that's his play. These guys, let, let's look at these two guys. I know you asked about the field. Well, to me, there's a selection D, and that's Harris and Rails. Harris already is a sports owner of – an NHL club who's going to come into our building tonight and show you just how damn good they are, the Devils. He owns the Sixers. He is a minority owner of the Steelers. Those are three very successful sports franchises right now. You've also got um, – he went through the vetting because he wanted to buy the Broncos. The owners already know this guy. He'll, like I said, if the Rooney's hired him to be a minority owner, sold him, whatever you want to call it, uh, that, you know, that sounds good to me. And now you look at Rails. Okay, Rails was a visionary. Uh, WTEM AM 570, early 90s, he was the first guy to bring 24-7 radio here. So you've got two men, one who knows sports ownership, one who knows sports media. And there are many other factors as well. Yeah, one went to land in school. One went to, was it Whitman? I'm not certain. But the yeah, point Whitman. is, these Whitman. are local. Yeah, and, and you've got um, a D.C. resident, a billionaire. I mean, I don't know. 
it's manna from heaven. So let me say this too, Kevin. Thank you, buddy. It's a great phone call as always. We had a caller last segment say something along the lines of, they don't want someone local because we just did that with Dan. I don't understand that logic. Are you not drafting a quarterback out of Ohio State because Dwayne Haskins didn't work out? You know, are you not drafting a quarterback out of Tennessee ever again because Heath Schuler was a bust? And I know that that logic is out there, and I think that that's just as nonsensical. Why are you holding that against these guys? I actually still think it's a huge benefit if your owners are local and embedded in the community and have invested in and come up in and around the community. Now, you get the best of both worlds, I'd say, with this group. And there's a couple others like this, right? If if Tillman Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets, bought this team, I'd imagine he'd have someone locally who can do a lot of the handshaking and the, the day-to-day stuff while he was in Texas, wherever he's going to be. That's not that uncommon. But Harris, as you said, does run other teams up the coast and probably, I wouldn't think, would, wouldn't be here every day. But maybe that's where Rails could come in. For the record, if owning successful teams matters to you, and this is cyclical, two years ago it didn't look this way, maybe two years from now it won't. But right now the Devils are the number two team in the Metro. They are 41-16-6. That's a really good hockey team right now. In fact, they're the number three team in the Eastern Conference. You know what they have in common with uh, the other team Josh Harris owns? They're also the number three team in the conference, the Philadelphia 76ers. So you're taking a snapshot and looking at a much larger marathon here. But right now his basketball team is number three in the East. His hockey team is number three in the East. And the news today is Adam Schefter throws his name out there. Schefter's not tweeting about Bezos. He's not tweeting about Tillman Fertitta. Why? James is in Columbia on Grant and Danny. Hey, James. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Good, uh, thanks. Yeah, my take is, like I said, I used to be an EMT for the commanders at one point, and we need to worry about the fan base. Sometimes we kind of forget about the fans. And this team has neglected the fan base for years, and we need to invest more money in the fan base. Now, whether the team wins or loses or not, if you bring the fans back on board, they're going to start coming to the games. And I think we need to really invest that whoever is the owner, whether it's Bezos or whoever, I would like to see somebody with local ties. Because I run a uh, show called Beltway Night by Sports, and if we can kind of get back that sense of community back to the fan base, I think the team can – I don't, I don't think anybody really cares who the owner would be. Appreciate you, buddy. Look, again, I go back to when Dan sells, if he sells, the amount of excitement in this fan base will be on par with everything that happened after Super Bowls. You think I'm kidding? Wait, wait till you see the parade we'll have. We're going to have one. People will come to it. And it's not because I'm throwing peppermints. From the the top of a fire truck, okay? I get that people will be giddy, but, you know, the the next owner is going to have a honeymoon period, and then they're going to have to make some headway. We still don't even know when this is happening. That's what's amazing. Could it be in a week? Could it be in a month? Could it be this summer? Might it not be until the end of the football season? The most incredible thing I think that we don't talk enough about is the hypothetical of Snyder still owning the team for at least this football season, 
and just what that would look like at FedEx Field. Because it's my belief that you guys, as a fan base, would send a big message to the NFL. I mean, if you think that the drip, drip, trickling of fans, the attendance bottoming out, the lack of revenue, the fact that they've gone, according to reporting that we've seen here, from about 250 mil in revenue to 150 mil in revenue year over year over the last 10 years. The fact that the only reason they're in the green probably at this point is the, the TV deals and the national money they get, that they're presumably in the red based on local money, you'd have to imagine. If you think that what we've seen from an erosive standpoint of this fan base being chipped away at over years, instead of just the, the, the paper cut, that it's not a, a bludgeoning gash, a bat of sorts to the operation. Like, instead of a little dent, this isn't an axe being swung at a tree. This is a, a chainsaw this year, if Snyder's still the owner. And it's a big reason why I think the NFL, as we get closer and closer to the owners' meetings, are going to start trying to insert their will. They're going to start throwing their weight around. Time's ticking. And weirdly today, Schefter, for the first time, comes out with thoughts on a potential buyer. 800-636-1067, you want to join the conversation. There's actual football news, you know, on the field news as well for the commanders. Eric Bieniemy filling out his staff. He's got a new wide receivers coach. I got your details next on Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. G and D without D. This is the fan. DC, Richmond, and on the Odyssey app. Live for free all the time. You can check us out. Make sure you got that app downloaded. Rewind the show, hit pause when you run in to get your groceries on the way home. Really good way to listen to us on Grant and Danny. In case you're curious, black polo shirt, khaki pants, and black shoes. Now you can picture me sitting in our Half Street Studios. We are four blocks from Nats Park, where we are just three weeks away 
from opening day in a brand new baseball season in the nation's capital. And don't come at me and tell me they're going to lose a lot. I know. Opening day is still awesome. Having baseball back is still great. Still fun to go sit at the ballpark in the spring and the summer and watch ball. Whether you win 59 games or 111, it's going to be a good place to be. We're three weeks from the start of a new season. A double play coming your way in about 15 minutes right here on Grant and Danny. And we got Caps tickets for you at 4 o'clock. You got to be listening in 30 minutes. I'm going to give away a four-pack at the top of the hour. But you got to be listening and be by the phone at 4 right here on the fan. News out of Ashburn today. Eric Bieniemy making his first big hire as the staff was finalized or at least announcements were made on who's been hired by Ron Rivera. Bobby Ingram is going to coach wide receivers this season. How about this for a job? You come into D.C. and you get to coach Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel and company. That is about as good a trio of wideouts as you're going to have an opportunity to work with. You normally don't leave a room like that unless you get elevated, and that's what happened with Drew Terrell who went to Arizona to be their passing game coordinator. Kind of the structure now in the league is you're a position coach, It used to be that you'd go straight from position coach to coordinator, but the league has essentially created this new level of coach on both offense and defense as a way to pluck up-and-comers away from other organizations. So years ago, if you really liked my wide receivers coach and you wanted to hire him, but maybe they weren't ready to be a coordinator or you just didn't have a vacancy because your OC was really good, but you wanted – to bring my guy over to to potentially replace your coordinator in a couple of years, I would just say no. Because if you're just making my receivers coach your receivers coach, that's a lateral move. I don't have to allow that. So teams have created what they call a pass game coordinator. You could have a run game coordinator. You you can have both of those on both sides of the ball. It's almost like four new positions for up-and-coming, developing, soon-to-be coordinators. And that was the role that Terrell got to leave here, who was a really sharp young coach on this Washington staff. It's mostly been a veteran group of coaches. They haven't really done a lot, in my opinion, in the way of developing the next wave of head coaches. And he was one guy that looks like he could have a really bright future. He's no longer in the building. So to replace him, they're bringing in Bobby Ingram. You should know his name. He's 50 years old. He was a really talented wideout for a long time in the NFL. Uh, He broke into the league in 1996. He was drafted back then out of Penn State in the second round. He was the 52nd overall pick in the draft. Played with the Bears initially. I remember him most for his time with Seattle, and he finished his career at 36 years old in 2009 with the Kansas City Chiefs. But Bobby Ingram at one point in time went for 1,150 yards. He had three 900-yard seasons in a career where he caught 650 passes for 7,700 yards. There's different ways to calibrate that you're getting older if you're in pain whenever you stand up from sitting down for a while. You're older, right? If you wake up in the morning and something hurts randomly. Okay, like I'm I'm starting to, to get old. When you saw the entire career, and you can remember the entire career of a coach in the NFL, that's a sign that you are getting old. And it's just now starting to happen. I was eight when Ingram was a rookie, and I remember a young Bobby Ingram at Penn State being drafted to play for the Bears, and now the dude's 50 coaching wide receivers. His coaching path started in San Francisco 
about a decade ago as an offensive assistant, just kind of learning the ropes. He went to Pittsburgh collegiately and coached wide receivers, got his first NFL job running a receiver's room with the Ravens from 14 to 18. He coached tight ends in Baltimore until 2021, including their really talented elite tight end, uh, who's the best player on that offense right now. Wisconsin last year, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Now, the results in Wisconsin offensively last year were horrendous. And I got bombarded when I posted today that Washington was hiring him by a bunch of Badgers fans, a bunch of people with, like, you know, that block W avatar and, you know, that are screaming about how good Jack Cohn was or whoever they had a few years ago. They're like, hey, he was terrible. You guys got a bad coach. Okay, uh, go worry about scoring 11 points in the Big Ten, please. The adults are talking. But that's where he was last year. He was in Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin blew out that staff, and our guy, Phil Longo, who we have on the show regularly, who is the OC at North Carolina for Sam Howell, is now going to be calling plays uh, at Wisconsin. But Ingram gets the nod from Biennemi. Important hire. They got to get this right. I mean, you want to have some coaches on your offensive staff that have a chance to develop and become coordinators. That's how you have a healthy building. That's how you have a good conversation about offense in your meeting rooms. I will tell you, though, that I'm a little disappointed by the lack of Chiefs' influence so far on this staff. Think about it. When Biennemi was hired, what did we say? Let's see how many assistants he brings over. I mean, it, it was like a 72-hour process where it seemed like it was a date that would never end. They went to dinner a bunch of times. They had a bunch of lunches. And then eventually they hired Eric Biennemi as, as the offensive coordinator. And we have people on from the beat and, and said, what took so long? You know, part of it might have been money, but the, the speculation was... They're trying to figure out which of Ron's guys stay and which of Eric Bieniemy's guys come in and how many of Andy Reid's assistants on offense can they bring over. They really didn't hire Chiefs guys. Bieniemy made two critical hires, and I really like the hires that he made. I think he's done a really good job with that. But I thought there would be more Chiefs people, and it's basically just Bieniemy. Maybe I was unrealistic. I just kind of wanted them to go over and grab everyone who had a Chiefs jacket on that wasn't Andy Reid and pick them up and put them in a van and drive them back to Ashburn. But it didn't work out that way. Something we can get into a little bit later on on Grant and Danny. Putting a bow on our ownership conversation. Ernie's in Fort Washington. I was asking you guys if you'd prefer Bezos or the field as it pertains to who Dan Snyder might sell to. What's up, Ernie? All righty, Grant. First of all, welcome to the club, Grant. You talking in reference to feeling old about huh. seeing a person go through their career. It's back bad, in the man. day. It's bad. Back in the back in the day when you were about, I guess, ten years old, and your dad used to follow behind you about ten feet, <laughs> took yep. ten feet behind you. I was a security guy at the Wizards locker room, so no now I'm way. calling in on the show. There now you I'm go. calling in on the show. Those are good memories. But, uh, yeah, when I was a young kid, I got to uh, broadcast and do media. Channel 9 in D.C. would let me go in the locker room and do interviews. But your boy yeah, needed an escort, and my pops, who's not a particularly big sports fan, would uh, would, would come along with me and, and hang out, as you said, about 10 feet off in the distance. He was about 6 feet to 10 feet back. He gave <laughs> you a room to work, <laughs> and, and, and you used to do a good job. And for those of you who don't know, I don't know who dressed him, but 
Grant, back in the day, he he always dressed the part. My man. He always dressed the part. Now, my Oxford parents don't shirts, dress me anymore, so that I, you can't say the same? <laughs> like I, now it's T-shirts and faded clothing. But at, when they were in charge, it, it was, you know, the occasional sweater vest with a nice shirt underneath. We, we made some Yeah, you, you always dressed the part. The loafers with the, the, the nice, crisp, shiny <laughs> pennies in them. I love it. I love it. But – I was I was going to say in reference to in reference to uh, Bezos. My question is financially in any of the other leagues, would there be anyone comparable to him in terms of net worth over the rest over the field? No, you mean in the and, gap, right? Just you don't mean at his level. Are you saying in other sports between owner one and owner two in worth? Is there anything like exactly, that? Exactly, exactly. I don't think so. I mean, we're talking see, about one of the richest people on the planet. And that's my that's my, my issue with Bezos is he's a big fish in a small pond as soon as he becomes an owner there. And I wonder whether he could possibly disrupt their ecosystem. Ooh, you know, interesting. Um, like, like because, thank you, Ernie, for the phone call. And uh, what a great memory. I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. That is compelling, though, if, if you are an outcast just because. I remember having a conversation with Bryce Harper years ago um, in the Nats clubhouse during spring training. I want to say the Vegas Golden Knights were either rumored to be coming or had just started playing or something like that. And I remember just kind of talking shop with him about hockey. And I came out of the clubhouse and I was talking to one of the other players and I'm like, Bryce loves talking hockey. I've never seen him that animated. And the point they made to me was, Bryce Harper just wants to be one of the guys so bad, and he can't be because he's Bryce Harper. Like, just when, you, when you're when you Bryce and you walk into the room, you get treated differently. When you're Robert Griffin and you go into the locker room, number two overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, you're on the Tonight Show beatboxing with Jay Leno or whatever the hell that was, you can want to just be a dude, but you're not. You can't be. And you're, with Bezos, it's kind of what you're talking about. Like, you almost become an outcast just because everyone else kind of starts whispering about you to each other, to their buddies. I haven't really thought about that much. I'll say this, though. Your owner right now is an outcast, largely, isn't he? I mean, he's got a couple of friends. Jerry Jones among them. Uh, we, we heard about the, the party that he threw with a few NFL owners that came. I think maybe even Robert Kraft was involved. But I'm not sure how many buddies Dan Snyder really has. And one thing, well, you might be right about the, the different cliques. One thing I would tell you that I know about a billionaire, or I would assume to be the case with a billionaire, they probably like being around people that are more powerful because it hasn't happened very often. Would they rather someone who's not on their level join their club or would they rather someone who is, like they don't want to punch down, so to speak. They, they want someone who can help them grow, get bigger and better. So I don't know. Maybe there'd be some reverence for Bezos. Maybe it goes the other way. Trudy in Virginia, what's good? Hey, man, thanks for taking that call. Unfortunately, Danny's not here, but we get this tidbit as a result of his, uh, you know, his unfortunate hey, illness. someone Hopefully has to take off, and that's Danny, if we want big news. And so yeah. you get a new wide yeah. receivers coach, and you get uh, major development on Josh Harris as a contender for the team. That is true. But anyway, um, I like this move. I'm in particular, like, I, I, I'm one of those people who really don't care who the owner is, but I also lean not to having Bezos simply because I don't want the team to be used as an engine to power Amazon in any way. 
That might sound like a nitpick, but that's just me. With Harris and Rails teaming up, it's kind of a perfect thing. You know, Harris can probably handle the financials, and Rails could also handle the financials, but him being a D.C. native, somebody with actual ties to the district, even as opposed to Dan Snyder, who was born in, what, Silver Spring, but you have a guy who's in D.C. doing business, could manage the team, can reach out to the community. It's like the perfect um, two-man team that I think can really help uh, this team and, you know, reconnect that you can have Josh Harris provide, you know, financial input in the money. And, of course, Josh Harris, as his right as an owner, will have some player input. But then you have somebody like Rails, who's been in D.C. since the beginning, probably, like somebody mentioned, he bought in like 24-7 radio. So I have no doubt that, you know, Redskins games back in the day, he was also keeping track of that and saying like, oh. Well, he was a big sports guy. I mean, he grew up playing sports. He was the team captain at Whitman of – I was, don't know if you heard at the beginning of the show, I was going through kind of his, his history. Multiple sport team captain in high school, so I'm sure he's quite a fan. Started the original uh, AM sports talk station, now the Team 980 here, a part of our Odyssey umbrella um, back in the early 90s. So that bodes well. Snyder, by the way, via Forbes, I think, is in the upper fours in terms of net worth. $4.9 billion, which is smack dab in the middle, 16th of NFL owners. Both Harris and Rails uh, are worth, according to Forbes, more than that. Your majority and then theoretically, I don't know if it would be a co or a minority or a partner or whatever, but both of those guys, I mean, a combined $12 billion are, according to Forbes' valuations for whatever that's worth, exceed Dan Snyder. And you've, you've got two of them at the table here where right now he owns 100% of the team. Grant and Danny without Danny today. Got to get you ready for the top of the hour and those Caps tickets. We're giving away four of them. And next, your double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports right here on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Danny's out. He did his best to be here. He showed up at work. He drove to the facility. He parked. He went to our meeting. He sat here, and then at 156, CK kicked him out. Said, you can't speak, young man. The radio, you got to speak. So hopefully Danny's back tomorrow, poor guy. 
Although, if he's not back tomorrow, maybe Dan Snyder sells at this rate. That's kind of what happens when Danny's out. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. I would like to get the thoughts of my producers, Darius and Ryan. So when I go to restaurants, I enjoy eating out. I enjoy going, sitting at the bar, having a, a doesn't matter what the food is, but having Diet Cokes brought over and refilled, right? I don't enjoy the process of going in, getting food, and then sitting down. I like the service part of a restaurant. I like the sit-down, interacting with a human, waiter-waitress comes over, stick it up a little bit, make a dad joke, maybe they laugh, maybe they don't, do the same line every time when they say, how was your food? And I say, oh, all they did was put a little sauce on the plate. Where'd the food go? You got to talk to the chef. And then they'll say something like, oh, man, that's crazy. I'll talk to him and see what happened. That's how it should work, you see? Today, I'm at a restaurant in the neighborhood here on Half Street area, Navy Yard, where the Nats play. Having a wonderful meal. I behaved myself, by the way. I got some Brussels sprouts. I got a little salad after that with some chicken in it, right? I was doing well, okay? Chicken wings came over. Didn't pummel them all, you know, but... Ooh, we're, we're making some plays, okay? So I'm, I'm mostly eating stuff that's green. My number one annoyance with people at a restaurant is complaining about things. I hate it so much. Just deal. Unless your food is raw, just deal. I didn't want tomatoes. Put the tomatoes on a napkin, bro. It's going to be fine. Are you allergic? If you're allergic, I stand corrected. No one should die overeating the meal, okay? But if you're not allergic, just move along. Who cares? Today, though, I did bring something up that was irking me a little bit. And I want to know if you guys think this was something I should bring up, which I deemed it. I waited in my mind. I thought it out, and I said, I think they would appreciate me telling them this for future patrons. And so I decided to, but maybe I was the annoying guy who just complained. So I sit down, I get a Diet Coke. My first Diet Coke is delicious. You know when you drink a Diet Coke and it's got, it burns going down your throat and it's just, it's exactly what you want. It hits, right? It's a great feeling. It's wonderful. You you can hear it crackling when you put it up to your ears. Oh, yeah. It's the dream, the dream scenario. Coke Classic's better, but can't have all the sugar. We're going to do Diet Coke. Save your tweets about how that's good for me either. I've been, I get it. I'm a big boy. I need to drink it anyway, okay? Second Diet Coke comes. It's horrendous. Terrible. Flat. First taste, I go, oh, my God. I thought, I'm not going to be able to swallow this whole cup down. But I can't sit here and eat my meal without a drink. So sure enough, I get through it. I basically chug half of it. I'm just like, I need to get through this glass to get back to whatever the last glass was. Next glass comes. Terrible again. And at that point, I go, okay, well, this is going to be the end of the road for me. So, rest of the meal's happening. By the end of the meal, I'm about to leave. I've now guzzled three glasses of Diet Coke, okay? I don't ask for a fourth. This girl's just on it. The bartender's phenomenal. And so, she just puts another glass of Diet Coke down. And sure enough, I'm packing up my laptop. I'm about to come over to the office. I'm done with my show rundown, which, by the way, we haven't gotten anything on it yet. It's only been two hours. Eventually, we will. Hard at work for no reason. But I take a sip of the fourth glass of Diet Coke to see what happened here. Is it, it was back to being amazing. 
First glass, 10 out of 10. Second and third glasses, 4 out of 10. Last sip of, of glass, 4, 10 out of 10. And so now I'm in my own mind. I'm going, I, I've got to say something about this. What's the difference? Because I have decided she used two different soda guns. And one of them is delivering the goods, and the other needs to be put out to pasture for the rest of the day today. Because there's going to be more people at this bar getting Diet Coke. Do you think it's a complaint to say to her, hey, just so you know, because how do you do this without sounding like a jackass? Two of those four diet sodas were terrible. Like, how do you do that in a way that plays? You just seem like, she, she goes to her friends back in the back and goes, you won't believe this idiot at the bar just told me that half of his, his drinks weren't any good and the other half were. But I decided to do it. And I think I did it in a good way. But I just want to know what you guys think about that real quick. So I think you dug yourself in a hole or put yourself in a corner when you didn't say anything after the second one. I think that's where where you sh- where it should have started. Like once you got that third drink and it was still flat or however yeah, bad yeah, it yeah. was, that's where you should have said something to get a fourth one. And no, but, then- but I didn't ask for the fourth one. I, I just drank the drink. My meal's done. I'm getting right. ready she to leave. She was just giving you she great just service. Brings over another drink because she's the amazing bartender. Understood. And and I just took I, I took a sip to confirm that the rest of today their soda is going to be awful. Only to find out not the case at all. So here's what I did. I said to her, I said, I'll leave her name out of this. I'd gotten her name. That's what you do. I'm a, be- I'm a people person, right? You're a communicator. So I said, let's say her name was uh, Ryan Clary. I said, Ryan Clary, did you happen to use two different guns? And I said, can I ask you a really weird question? She's always a great thing for a weird guy at a bar to ask you. She's like, oh, uh, yeah. I'm like, did you happen to use two different soda guns when you were giving me drinks today? And she's like, Actually, yeah. Uh, she's like, I started over there, and, and then you've been getting them from over here. I'm like, uh-huh. I said, just so you know, drinks one and four are delicious. Whatever gun you used for that, that soda is slapping, as the kids would say. Sodas two and three, horrific, terrible. No more of that for the rest of the day. And she kind of laughed and was like, really? You, should, you just drank it? I said, yeah, I don't really like to complain, whatever. She's like, oh, you should have told me. And then she put a little, she did something and put a little note on the soda gun. So I think it all worked out. But yet, I had so much anxiety the whole time. I drank two disgusting flat sodas because I was worried that it would come off like too much of a complaint. Well, I was taught at a young age that you get what you get and you don't get upset. And I've lived by that rule since I was about the age of four years old. So I would have gotten what I got and I would have drank what you drank. And so therefore, I think you did the wrong thing. Have you ever sent food back? I have. Yes. I've never done it. I have legitimately like gotten just, I can't eat this food, and I don't send it back. I just won't. I'm not saying I'm a hero. I just can't do it. Yeah, I can't think of a time I've ever done that either. I wouldn't do it. A, it's the fear of what happens when you send it back. You know, you've seen enough and heard enough of those horror stories. Oh, yeah. B, it's just not for me. I'll, I'll go somewhere else and eat something and just take that home and put it in the microwave. But I can't do it. I think you went about it the right way, though. Thank the you. way you explained it to her, the way you broke it down. It's like, did you use two different guns? I think that was perfect. I think the big lesson is we're very late, so I got to get out. But I think the big lesson here is we had already built a rapport, me and her. We had a great relationship. We're doing skits and bits. We're talking about the Washington Nationals. She didn't care at all. It was like the meme of that girl sitting at watching the Knicks and that guy talking her ear off. I was that guy. She was the girl. So we had a bond that allowed for this uh, interaction, perhaps. So, uh, yeah, 
That's uh, the lesson of the day for the double play. I got four Caps tickets for you next, plus our Beltway Blitz on the teams in town. You care the most about all jammed into one segment. You're listening to Grant and Danny. We are on the fan in D.C. and Richmond and live for free on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.